Do you love Jesus and love agriculture? In the beginning, one of the first jobs God gave people was to care for a garden. And today, many Christians are going back to the land as they feel God's call to steward His creation. Their purpose is much bigger than just growing food. It's about impacting their communities and bringing glory to their Creator. As this movement of Christian agrarians grows, the potential for changed lives and restored land is great. This is not always an easy journey, but it can be one of the most rewarding. My name is Noah Sanders, and I am a Christian farmer and homesteader. I want to welcome you to the Redeeming the Dirt podcast, the podcast for Christian gardeners, homesteaders, and farmers. Join me as I encourage us to connect our faith in farming through sharing spiritual insights, practical experiences, and inspiring interviews. Let's walk this journey together, seeking to live for Jesus, excel in agriculture, and make disciples. Let's redeem the dirt. All right, welcome to episode two. This is your host, Noah Sanders. I'm recording this intro today from my little homemade podcasting studio here in the attic of my house while I'm taking a break from the heat. Uh, had a good day in the mor- uh, this morning working out in the garden, and today I'm joined right now by my little daughter, Brielle. She's yep chewing on a pen while I watch her while my wife and boys are out uh, swimming in the pool at the moment. And... Uh, Anyways, today uh, we're I've got an interview to share with you. It's one of the things that I want to do on this podcast is share stories of Christians involved in agriculture. And today, um, the majority of farmers worldwide are um, older, and there's not as many young people getting into it. So I'm excited today to share an interview with young man Blake Carlson that I was able to meet recently and he's such an inspirational example of a young man passionate about agriculture and really on fire for Jesus. So in this interview uh, we talk about his new farm that he's starting, Deep Root Acres, where he focuses on growing nutrient-dense food. We also talk about his spiritual and agricultural heritage that he gets from his family Uh, some of his faith journey, uh, along with techniques he's using on his farm as he starts um, his production, and also the opportunities that he's had and his passion uh, for sharing the gospel with people. So hope you enjoyed this interview with Blake Carlson as much as I enjoyed getting to to do it. And let's go ahead and hear from uh, Blake Carlson. Well, today we're talking with Blake Carlson, and I just want to welcome him to the Redeeming the Dirt podcast. Blake, welcome. Glad to, glad to have you here. Thanks a bunch for having me. So, Blake and uh, we met online. I guess uh, you joined Redeeming the Dirt Academy, and then we happened to meet up at a conference. What conference? It was the Acres USA conference. Yes, sir. Yep. And I uh, really enjoyed getting to know Blake and um, wanted to him to be able to share his story today. I think one of the things that's, that's needed among Christians that are involved in agriculture and that are feeling called to, to serve the Lord through agriculture, which probably many people that are listening are in that uh, same boat, um, it's encouraging to hear other stories of how God's working in, in, uh, in our lives and the journeys that God has us on. So. Um, Blake, if you want to just start out, just tell us a little bit about 
who you are and just a, a brief overview of that, and then we'll get into kind of your story. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm 21 years old, and um, I just transitioned into starting a business called Deep Red Acres, which is especially crop farm. And uh, in, in about 1975, my grandpa bought land in here in Cedar Falls, Iowa, um, about 20, 30 acres. And there was nothing here except for grass and creek. And they began uh, planting trees and um, transitioning the land. And he row cropped um, non-GMO uh, corn and beans, and he did other grains. And that was around when my dad was about two years old. And then my dad grew up and he stayed. And uh, then me and my brother, my twin brother, were born. And uh, we were really blessed to grow up in a strong Christian family. Our grandparents are Christians and our mom and dad are Christian. And, uh, they raised us in a way that uh, um, God teaches us to raise kids in the Bible. And um, so that was a huge blessing. So I grew up uh, around the farm. I grew up uh, seeing grandpa plant things and um, I got to plant watermelons and potatoes. And, mm. and then, so that was great. And um, then in 2008, um, I was a young teen. My grandpa and my dad, they started uh, renewable farming. Um, and they consulted with farmers to try and get them to transition away from uh, the conventional method of using uh, so much GMO crops and so many uh, pesticides. And we manufacture a non-toxic surfactant. Um, and what that basically is, is you're going to, that's going to lower the surface tension of whatever you're spraying. And, um, so we focus on spraying, uh, mineral application, nutrient applications, uh, biologicals, which would be, uh, lots of organisms and, um, stuff like that. So is so, the surfactant just like a base that you can add other stuff to that helps the other stuff stick? Yeah. Or so it's going to either be, some people call it a sticker. Um, so it's going to, so usually if you spray water on a plant, it's going to bead up, mm -hmm. but um, usually want to get a surfactant in there. So it coats the leaf real nice and um, it gets into the leaf really quickly. And you want to use a surfactant that's um, plant-based and made from oils and uh, things that are non-toxic. Um, so the plant will accept it. Mm -hmm. And, um, so whatever we try to do, uh, we try to give honor and glory to God without, uh, putting stuff in a product that would hurt somebody or, I mean, we can wash our hands with this stuff. We use this as a soap, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so I, I grew up seeing that and that was wonderful. And grandpa and dad would do research plots. So I got to see how they did that. And, um, it, it seemed I was going on autopilot in my high school years. I just, I just did sports and I would just do farming here and there. And when I come home and then I uh, went to college for a semester and went to a community college, Marshalltown community college. And I just went there for a semester and I was going to major in diversified agriculture. And uh, long story short, um, I got in it and um, then my major got cut and, 
and at that time college it's seeing god just started turning the gears in my mind and my heart i mean i always i always um believed in god and i i would say my prayers and but something he just started changing my heart and just really just got me to realize how important it is to just have him a hundred percent uh leading me in giving my entire life to him like understanding like just god please please take take care of me i i want to give my life to you please show me what you want me to do it just and kind of it just i don't know how to explain it. it was just uh uh he just turned the gears started turning the gears and and he made it very clear i asked i prayed for guidance and i just didn't know what to do and he made it clear um to come home and uh work with the family business and uh i felt that i needed to start a business too so i started deeper acres and um that's that's basically what happened yeah wow that is so cool i remember for me it was after i had a same you know thing when it felt like really god drew me to himself it was after i was saved but it was i just remember that time where he's just like you know it's time to get serious here <laughs> about yeah. doing things my way and and just having a relationship with me and and falling in love with him um do you have any uh any, anything in particular that he used in that journey? Um, I think you mentioned you had some different verses and things that that uh, were instrumental in kind of that that transition period there. Well, um, at the beginning, I um, I really started to want to learn how to uh, share my faith with other people, mm-hmm. and I listened. I listened to a bunch of. Um, guys like Robbie Zacharias, he's a, um, he's a Christian philosopher and, uh, he goes to colleges and, uh, he shares the gospel with them and stuff like that. But, um, the, the verses that stick out to me is, um, what I have is the business verses, Colossians two, six through seven, which says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving and um i, I just love that verse <laughs> it um specifically says it says rooted and built up in it but it's it's a really good verse and um another god really um he really showed me how important it is for um, us to be humble and um first peter 5 5 through 8 says um, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For, and then it quotes the Old Testament, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm. And he says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And um, all over the Bible, it talks about God is not very happy with people that are stuck up and prideful. And um, so us as Christians, it's super important for us to stay humble and keep seeking God and asking God for help. Mm. I think that's such an important thing. I mean, it's, it's encouraging to me to hear that from you 
um, you know, you being 21, I'm not much older than you at 30, but I think for a lot of our generation, it's pride is a big stumbling block and I'm not sure I was homeschooled and I know a lot of other homeschoolers that I've, that I know, um, sometimes pride can be a real big, um, problem and, you know, again, especially for, for young men, but, um, just for any Christian, what, what type of, you know, tips or advice do you have for, or exhortation for other young men that are, uh, I think especially for some of us that are forging maybe a different path, you know, going to do farming or something like that. It can, you know, we have to kind of uh, um, go against the flow, but that go against the flow can sometimes lead to, you know, feeling above the flow. <laughs> sort of. So how do you, what, what type of encouragement would you have for people to kind of, what, what things do you do on a regular basis to, to combat that? Cause I know it's not a battle you win once and then you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's super important to pray and ask God for help, specifically whatever we're dealing with. And what comes to mind is Psalms 139. At the end of Psalms 139, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Mm-hmm. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Mm-hmm. So um, we need to be asking God, search my heart um, and ask him to renew our minds and, um, and God works in us and he, and he, and that's the only way we'll see everlasting change. If we try to change ourselves, like, Oh, I'm just going to try real hard. It's, it's not going to work. We need, we need uh, God's help. Hmm. And um, uh, That's what sticks out to me there. But, um, and then uh, just looking at God's creation and just, looking how complex it is, that's going to humble you. <laughs> I mean, just looking at a darn plant. I mean, if you just look at a plant, it just doesn't make any sense. Like you just, you have this little seed and it just pops out and God's growing it. It's crazy. So that, that ought to humble you and looking up at the stars at night when you're walking. Mm. That's so good. So another question I have for you, when I know when I first really got excited about the Lord, um, you know, I had a lot of people, I remember some specific instances of people being like, Hey, if you really want to be all in for the Lord, you, you know, you should commit to full-time ministry, you know? And, and I, at one point in time wanted to be a pastor because I was just like, I just want to study the Bible like all the time, you know, and yeah. I just want to know God. So you, you know, now you, you felt like God called you to come back and start a business and to be involved in your family's farm operation. But, you know, if there's, we have this view of, you know, like we want to advance God's kingdom. We want to share the gospel with people. Like, do you, how do you, how do you feel like that's a part of it when you're out just like by yourself in your garden weeding? I mean, are you, how are you, you know, how, how do you don't feel like, am I wasting my time here because there's people on the other side of the world that are dying without Jesus, you know? So yeah. how, how do you feel like uh, your farming integrates with the faith that God is stirring up in you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and, um, it seems um, God has really uh, put it on my heart to really be sharing the gospel and not to be ashamed of uh, the gift that Jesus has given us and to share it with people. And I've, I've, I've heard you say before, I'm not a farmer as a Christian. I'm a Christian farmer. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. um, 
And I, I love that idea. And just wherever you go, whatever you do, they just, and, it, and when, and just to constantly be praying and asking God, please give me an opportunity to share the gospel or just uh, show mm. your love today. And he'll bring up darn opportunities. He brought up two opportunities for me today, two of them. I went to the chiropractor and then um, I sell firewood. So um, uh, another uh, way that my parents raised me is to um, um, don't put your eggs in one basket, put them in multiple plastics mm. and have multiple um, uh, streams of revenue. Uh, so I, I can have the capacity to, if something goes wrong with farming, <laughs> to learn and, and, and take that and be okay. And God mm. provides for us every day. But, um, man, when I, I, and selling the firewood, it works perfect because the tree service still bring wood chips and trees too. And then I cut them off and I sell firewood for revenue. Wow. But, um, um, I use the wood chips for the gardening and it works perfect. And it's incredible to, um, look at the fungi and everything like that. We're getting a lot of talk topic, but when every time I sell firewood, God brings an opportunity to share the gospel to these people I'm selling firewood to. And there's so many people that just don't know the Lord or there's something going on and nobody talks to them about it. And it's a wonderful opportunity. And with farming, people will come on your property and stuff. And when they're on your turf, they can't get mad at you if you're sharing the gospel and they can, I mean, so it's, it's wonderful opportunities. So we're talking to people all the time and, but, um, yeah. So, so do you, for you in, in particular, I know some people kind of view their work as, you know, valuable just because it provide you know, gets them in, in contact with people to be able to share the gospel and then, um, you know, but the work itself is not necessarily intrinsically valuable in terms of the kingdom, except that it provides gospel opportunities. So do you feel like the work in and of itself uh, is a way that you're able to share Christ with people or is, or is it just kind of once you're there, then you're able to, you know, have an op- have, have them in a position that you could open up that topic or, or does farming help you bring up the topic? Um, I depends, I guess <laughs> with, uh, it depends on the situation, but specifically with farming, I, I love it because when you're, my goal is to grow mineral and nutrient dense food for people and to help people feel better because a lot of the food that people are eating is just so, so bad for you. And people are not eating fresh food anymore. And so many people rant about it. You can listen to, to any podcast where somebody's going to rant about it. So I'm not going to rant about it. But as, as us says, either organic farmers or farmers that growing, focusing on growing healthy food that won't hurt you. Oh man, that's because um, I love it when, uh, when Jesus was doing his ministry, he, it seemed he would give something to someone first before he told them who he was mm. like he'd heal them or something and just something like that or he'd give he turn the loaves into multiple loaves and the fish into multiple fish so when we're when we grow something that tastes so darn good and it's super good for somebody and somebody eats that cherry tomato or something it's it just opens them up you know so 
wonderful opportunity. You make them feel better. Um, and you can, it's such a good opportunity to share the gospel with them because, I mean, it's basically God who's growing the food. I mean, we're just, <laughs> we're just stewards of it and we get so much to learn. So that's kind of my mindset on it. I, I don't know if I was able to pin down the question too well, but it's kind of my mindset on it. No, that's great. That's great. It wasn't a super clear qu- question, but I, before we go on to something else, can you just give us a quick little snapshot of like what those encounters look like today? Well, um, I went to the chiropractor <laughs> and um, it was, um, I was checking out this chiropractor because um, I've been having um, a couple issues and um, um, it was the boss. Um, I was talking to her and there was this book on her counter and it said something about design or something about the body. Of, it was, I can't remember what the book was called, but anyways, I asked her because it seemed like it would, it had to do with Christianity. So I'm like, are you Christian or something? <laughs> and she, uh, she says, I kind of, I guess really, but, um, um, but then I started asking a few questions. I said, did you grow up in a Christian? I started talking to her about it and it turns out she grew up in a Catholic family and um, she just, she turned away because it was in the environment where there really, there was a lot of hypocrisy there where there's a lot of hypocrisy and um, they were not being doers of the word and they weren't, it seemed they weren't teaching the true gospel, which is we don't work our way in the heaven. It's uh, the work's already done for us. So um, it just was a wonderful opportunity to just um, share the gospel with her and tell her that um, the actions of so-called Christians or those who um, want people to see them as being really religious, their actions do not reflect what Jesus is about, what his word says and who the father is. It does not reflect that at all. And um, and I got to share that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. So all these other religions, they're not they're not a piece of the elephant. There's only one true God. So um, that's cool. So not many people talk about that stuff. So it just kind of sat there, and she just kind of went on with life, but. It's so important for people to give reality checks with the gospel. Otherwise, people will just go years with just not thinking about it, and they'll just go on autopilot, and then 20 years passes, and it's just gone. Wow. Well, let's let's move on to uh, some of the practical stuff that you're doing on your farm. So tell me a little bit about uh, how you've set up your farm in the first few years of uh, getting your business going. What are those specialty crops that you're working on, and how are you uh, – prepping and working your fields so this year um i put in about a third of an acre a third to half an acre of hardneck garlic which was planted in the fall so we're in about zone five here in cedar falls iowa um so we get really hard winter and uh you plant the garlic and uh a little after the last frost and then it'll pop up super early in the spring um put on a ton of biomass my first couple of years setting up uh, the plots. So tons of wood chips and they were broken down wood chips. And um, 
right when I put those on, I just went no till. And so when did, I say, you, did you prep it as far as how did you initially get rid of the, the weeds that were there? Did you just smother them or? Well, I was blessed to, um, <laughs> when I remember my grandpa has always worked this land. So it was already worked. So I was blessed to have pre prepped land. So if you don't have pre prepped land, you better make sure that you take care of the perennial weeds. Mm. Cause if you put molds down, if you put molds down and it's one of those weeds that have either rhizomes or in any of those types of roots that'll, they will pop through that mulch and it will be a pain in the butt, a complete pain in the butt. So you want to either tarp it or, um, even till it to break up um, those perennial weeds because it's much more worth it to till first and then go no-till than to just say, I'm going to go no-till and put it on perennial weeds and then you have thistles <laughs> and quack grass and stuff wreaking havoc. Yeah. So you, first, you so you already had prep ground. Then you just did you put wood chips over the whole thing, or did you lay it off in beds? How how did you lay it off? Yeah. So um, it's so if you have a lot of biomass coming your way, um, got tree services or dumping it, you want to strategically have it dumped where you they're not driving all over the place. Because here in Iowa, we got we don't have sand, so we have clay and that compacts and when it compacts it'll become anaerobic so you do not want to be packing it down super hard with heavy machinery when you're going to go no-till so you make sure that they dump on the edge of the the edge of the growing area and if you have a loader just shove it over real nice just one pass shoved over if you don't have a loader just have them dump in the middle of the plot just one uh, just one set of tire tracks. That's not going to compact it much and then just spread it out by hand or whatever you got and, um, make sure you have your rows established. Um, so you can, um, you could, a uh, one way you could do it. So you could, um, have your prepped area and then you spread all the wood chips in your walking row specifically. And then you put in a really nice, a huge, really vigorous cover crop. That's going to make a ton of biomass and you have that and you make sure that it'll winter kill. And if it doesn't winter kill, you better make sure that when you mow it, it's going to die. Um, if you're in a hotter climate. So, um, you plant that and then once it's done growing, you use that biomass as a mulch and then you can either put compost on that, that residue, and then you can put transplants in or you could let it break down real good. And then you could put a little, uh, um, cedar through it or a jang, a jang or an earthway or whatever. But, um, there's lots of different ways to do it, but you just really got to be strategic and, um, it's gonna, you just, you're not gonna know it all in the beginning before you start doing it. So you just got to start doing something and, um, look at a lot of what other people are doing and then see how that's going to work in your context pray about it. Ask God, please show me what to do. Um, I want this, this area to be growing for your glory. Um, and just go from there because you can't, there's going to be mistakes. And this horrible mistake happened. I, I looked on the weather and there, then there wasn't going to be a frost, but this unexpected frost came and I put 
about 300 tomatoes and peppers in. <laughs> that mm. was just done. <laughs> oh, wow. I was, I was, I got on my knees and I'm like, oh, this is bad. But when that stuff happens, you just have to bite the bullet and thank the Lord that you, I mean, he, he blesses us with a lot of stuff and we take for granted for a lot of stuff and you just, you just got to keep working hard and just, um, just kind of bite the bullet with that one. But yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's a blessing. I think I told you when we were having one of our Academy calls that I've had several hundred broccoli plants killed in one of the frosts and it ends up that I didn't, the ones that survived, the ones I was able to replant were just enough that of what I needed. And I actually needed those other beds for other crops. So, wow. you know, they're like, wow, if had that happen, then, you know, it would have, wouldn't have been better. So he's yeah. nice working farming with him. Um, so for Christians who are not yet, who are, you know, don't have a background in agriculture and, and are interested in, you know, homesteading or gardening or maybe starting a business, um, why, why do you feel like, um, it's important right now for the church to, or in Christians in particular, do you think, why do you think it's important for them to be involved in agriculture? Because when you have a small group of people trying to feed the massive amount of people we have just in the United States, quality goes down. And when you have a lot of people uh, growing a lot of food, the quality goes up. Like, especially crop farms, if you have guys who um, trying to give glory to God, being on time, those, those uh, values that um, are set in farming God's way. Mm-hmm. On time to a high standard with minimal wastage and with joy. Wonderful. And when you do that stuff, the food, the quality is great. And the food's closer to people who need it. And it's not being shipped super far. And people get closer to food and they're just healthier. That's, it seems that's the way God designed it with just us being closer to our food. And not everybody's going to need to be a farmer, you know what I'm saying? But it's important to be close to your food and uh, know what's being done to it. So the more people that can either just do a, a little bit or even get into a big specialty farm, the more people, the more better quality food there's going to be. And there's really a need for it now. And the market's there. So you just need to ask God for help and ask him, is this something you want me to do? And if it is, God's going to make it work. Mm. So for somebody who's been involved in agriculture for a long time, maybe they have no clue about some of the natural organic stuff that you're talking about. Maybe they've been a big time row crop farmer, or maybe they've just been gardening their whole life and they just really haven't ever thought about the, the fact that, you know, God can be involved, you know, or that their farming can be a way that they, you know, um, express their faith and they're trying to figure out what in the world, you know, how in the world would I begin to do that and begin to ask God to be a part of that? What, what tips and advice would you have for them to kind of start that journey of, you know, we talk about redeeming the dirt and kind of submitting that to the Lord. Hmm. 
I would just, I would start asking myself questions of, is the food I'm growing, would I be comfortable with putting it on my plate three to five times a week or having it processed in food that I would be eating every, every day and week? And would I feel good if I started doing that? Um, are the, is the stuff I'm spraying, is it, is it going to make me sick if it gets on me? Is it, because a lot of the farmers that I've gone to a lot of farmers meeting and um, I had a, I was talking to a, he was a Heggie dealer and he was talking about um, a Heggie he was working on and the far, the farmer who owned the Heggie, he had to go to the hospital because he was working on one of the pump for the sprayers and it blew open and the stuff he was spraying on his crops got all over him and he lost tons of weight and he almost died. That's how potent the stuff was. It got in his eyes and he breathed it in and he was spraying that on his crops. So ask yourself um, those types of questions um, and, and just ask God, is this really what you want me to be doing? And when you truly come to God with a humble heart like that, he's going to show you. It's when we're stuck up and we, we think, oh, I, I already know what I'm doing. That's when it gets in the problems. I think that humble heart is such an important foundation for any area of life. And, you know, if we're, we're not in, in communication with God in every area of our life, and if we're not open to being teachable in those areas, then... You know, we're, we're not going to see the fruit that we want to see. So I really appreciate your heart for God, Blake, and your humility. Really excited to see where God takes you with your farm and the fruit that he brings in the future. So thanks so much for, uh, for spending time with us today, sharing your story, and hopefully we can have you back on soon. Thanks a ton for having me. All right. God bless. Thanks. Bye. All right. Before I can get back out to the garden, I've got to tell you about my new project, Redeeming the Dirt Academy. I started it last fall, and it is an online educational mentorship experience featuring video courses, interactive community, and life coaching designed for Christian gardeners, homesteaders, and market farmers. We've had a lot of live events at our farm and conferences in the past, but not everybody can make them, and make it to them because we're busy with our farms and I can't afford to put them on all the time because I'm trying to do what I'm encouraging others to do, which is farm to the glory of God. And that takes time. And so does my family. So this is a great way for us as Christian farmers to be able to interact with each other. It's a great way for me to be able to share things that I've learned Topics that we have on there range from making compost and simple soil science to homestead design marketing and marketing options for farm businesses. Um, also included are pressing topics like balancing farm work and family and making disciples as farmers and being prepared for suffering. Now, if you're listening, you're probably one of the growing number of Christians today who feel called to serve God through agriculture, whether that be with a small garden, homestead, or market farm. And we desire to live a lifestyle of tending the land, working with our families, serving our communities with good food, and letting our gardens, homesteads, and farms shine the light of Christ to those around us. I feel a strong desire to see Christians equipped to be leaders in the realm of agriculture. And it isn't just about having pretty farms. We need to be bringing hope to the last, the least, and the lost, and sharing the love of Jesus with the poor around us. 
So if you share the same heart and want to be equipped to be part of this movement, then Redeeming the Dirt Academy may be part of what can help you. We offer resources and a support community to help you get started. So if you're interested, go to redeemingthedirtacademy.com to start your free one-week trial today, and I look forward to seeing you there. I wanted to tell you all about a an exciting opportunity you have next month, uh, June 23rd through 28th, to uh, join me at the 2019 Lamplighter Guild. The Lamplighter Guild is an event. It's not put on by me. It's put on by Lamplighter Ministries, and I... Uh, became familiar with it a few years ago and really liked the idea because the vision for the guild is a live event where um, they bring together Christians that are um, well-known in different fields and bring them together and uh, have a week where students can learn from the different instructors, but also just have an amazing experience with God and learning to integrate God into the arts, into drama. Um, the way that they put it, they said it, it's the guild is an awakening, a renaissance of creative excellence framed by the word of God and demonstrated by faith, which is so cool to me because that's my passion with agriculture is I want to see um, agriculture transformed by the word of God where Christians are applying the scriptures, applying their relationship with God in a way that just transforms agriculture. And in the past, uh, the guild has um, focused primarily on things like uh, story creation, script writing, stage and voice acting. They still have all those in it. So it's it's a lot of neat. Um, it's not just um, one thing. It has a lot of different arts um, photography, filmmaking, painting, biblical theology, dis- digital music composition, and bring all these different teachers together in one week, and students can sign up for different classes. And last year, I was honored and excited to be able to bring the first horticulture class to the guild, and we had an amazing time with the students there as we um, learned about what God says about agriculture and we made compost and we put in gardens trying to apply God's design principles that we saw in creation. And in addition to our classes that we had um, as with our horticulture um, class, there was also main sessions with incredible musicians that we got to listen to and keynote speakers. And um, there were just some amazing moves of God where God worked in the hearts of some of the young people there and older people just to be able to... Um, just really impact some lives. So it's an incredible life-changing experience. And I really uh, would con- encourage you to consider praying about coming. Uh, I know it's kind of last minute. It's only uh, a little over a month away, but you can pray about that and consider joining me there where I'll be teaching the horticulture class for six days, June 23rd through 28th. And for more information, you can go to lamplighterguild.com. Go to lamplighterguild.com and uh, get some more information there and consider signing up and joining me next month at the 2019 Lamplighter Guild. Oh yeah, and I forgot to mention it's in beautiful Mount Morris, New York at the Lamplighter campus. So look forward to seeing you there.